Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So on September 25th of this year, 2017, a momentous thing is going to happen in Iraqi Kurdistan. For the first time, there's going to be a referendum to see if the people support the idea of an independent Kurdistan. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, then you know uh, that I'm a very strong advocate for the Kurds. They are the largest people group in the world without their own homeland, 35 million of them. They've been the primary boots on the ground against ISIS. They have proven themselves time and time again as an ally of the West. Many Western powers are helping them now in their fight against ISIS. And now at this time, the leaders of the KRG, the Kurdish regional government, have determined that it's time to take a sense of the people and to find out, are we in favor of an independent Kurdistan? I think the answer is going to be a resounding yes. And then some serious problems are going to ensue. One of the big questions is who would support an independent Kurdistan uh, among the nations of the world? Obviously, most of the nations around the Kurdish regional government or what would become an independent Kurdistan are opposed to an independent Kurdistan. Turkey certainly is. Iran certainly is. I'm sure you're following in the news that Iran is trying to uh, build strong ties uh, and and have a military presence in what's left of Syria. And that would actually create a swath, so to speak, across northern Iraq, which is where the Kurdish regional government is. So Iran is opposed. Iran is playing its games in the Middle Middle East. Uh, Turkey, as I say, would be opposed. Uh, Most of the other nations surrounding would be opposed to an independent Kurdistan. Remember now that the Kurds, for the most part, are pro-West. Many of them are pro-Israel, and all of them are, for the most part, moderate Muslims uh, who are willing to welcome Christians, Jews, Yazidis. In fact, as I've said many times, the Kurdish regional government actually has a Christian department in it, an Yazidi department in it. So, uh, and, and a number of Uh, uh, Kurds that I know who are Muslim turn towards Jerusalem to pray, not towards Mecca. I'm not saying all of them do, but some of them do. So this is a moderate people. This is not a radically Islamic people. Uh, This is a people who is pro-Western. This is a people who is pro-democracy and pro-free market uh, right there in the belly of the Middle East. And they're attempting to have an independent country. Well, Iran's not going to be happy about that. Uh, Turkey is not going to be happy about that. Uh, Probably Jordan is not going to be happy about that. The other countries that surround are not going to be happy about that. And perhaps most importantly, Iraq is not going to be happy about that. Uh, Baghdad is opposed to Kurdish regional independence, uh, despite the fact they sometimes give lip lip service to it for Western consumption. And probably as soon as independence occurred, or even when a vote occurred, some are saying even when this referendum occurs, Baghdad would begin ceasing to give IDs and passports to the Kurds who support the referendum and uh, very likely would no longer consider those Kurds to be Iraqi citizens. It would then mean, of course, that many Kurds would find themselves to be a people without a country. So this is one of the first issues that arises is if the referendum uh, passes, if if it shows support for an independent Kurdistan, which it almost certainly will, what 
happens next. What's going to have to happen next, if it's going to be successful, is that the bigger Western powers are going to have to support an independent Kurdistan. And the chief of all of those, of course, would be the United States. Now, President Trump has said he's in favor of Kurdish independence. He's spoken highly of the Kurds fighting against ISIS. He believes in the cause of an independent Kurdistan. But quite frankly, and I say this with kindness and with respect for my president, that uh, Mr. Mr. Trump is known for backing off of some of his policy positions, for being a bit unclear, for being a little bit wishy-washy. And he has very much cozied up uh, with Saudi Arabia, again, one of our allies in the country, but nevertheless, uh, a nation that may not be in favor of an independent Kurdistan and certainly the Islamic moderation that the Kurds tend to show. So all of this to say that we are looking at a situation where the U.S. is going to have to step up, where England's going to have to step up, where some of the other Western powers, perhaps Germany, et cetera, are going to have to step up if there's going to be an independent Kurdistan. But I'll tell you, I've been talking to people in the country, and I have a trip coming up soon uh, into the country, but I've, I've, been, I've been talking to a number of people there, and I have to say that the people there uh, feel quite lost. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to be uh, in Iraqi Kurdistan right now. It's very difficult to be in the KRG. Uh, its leaders are doing, I think, probably the best they can do, but um, the, the fact is that they are aware of the opposition of the surrounding nations. They are aware that they might be disenfranchised by their own Baghdad government. Um, there has been, of course, this constant press of war with ISIS. Uh, Baghdad has not engaged in uh, profit sharing uh, regarding oil uh, of oil proceeds as it has agreed to in the past. So it's been punishing the Kurds for thinking in terms of independent and uh, independence, and it really has been um, pretty a pretty horrible situation. Uh, in addition. You know, there's the, the the biggest problem within independent Kurdistan. The biggest problem that's going on within the within the uh, KRG is that many people, many of the people on the street, uh, question whether the leaders, the rulers, the ruling families, uh, Talibani and Barzani and other ruling families, are really going to let go of power and allow there to be a democratic nation. Uh, one of the sayings that you sometimes hear is, "In the West, they have Westminster, but here they have yes." Minister. Now that's a play on words. Westminster obviously referring to the British Parliament and yes, minister, meaning that the people have to kowtow to the various ministers who are put in place by the powerful families. Uh, it's a cynical statement, but it very much tells you uh, where things are. Uh, it's, it's difficult again to be there. Part of it is the government. Part of it is the sense that families, a couple of families control the government. Part of it is the sense that there are two parties pulling the country apart, um, run by these two families, by the way. And also there are just the daily basic services. It's difficult to keep the electricity on in the country right now. Um, you know, there are certain foods in the United States, for example, that if we began to run into short supply, we would say, oh, gosh, you know, why can't Washington even assure, you know, French fries or why can't they even assure a hot dog or, you know, why can't they assure popcorn at a movie? I mean, there would be certain symbolic foods um, among the symbolic foods in Iraqi Kurdistan, believe it or not, are cucumbers and, cucumbers and tomatoes. Well, they tend to come from Turkey and Iran. And if those countries shut off, this would be, it's not just about the tomatoes and the cucumbers. It's about other food that would be shut off. In other words, uh, in the same way that some countries in the world are completely landlocked and surrounded by their enemies, uh, Iraqi Kurdistan would be as well. It would have Iran in the east. It would have Turkey to the north. It would have Baghdad to the south and, and the nation of Iraq to the south that, of course, the Kurds would no longer be part of. Uh, it would have other countries like Syria and Jordan uh, to the west. It's, um, it's a difficult situation. 
situation and uh, trade being essential for Iraqi Kurdistan, uh, they could really be strangled. The West would have to intervene. The West would have to fly in supplies. The West would have to insist that its partners in the Middle East trade with Iraqi Kurdistan. Uh, There has to be pressure brought from the West for this to work. And a lot of the people on the streets in Iraqi Kurdistan tell me that they just don't think that the leaders are willing to kowtow to anybody else in the world. They're feeling bold. Uh, some of the people on the street say that our leaders say, who can, who in the world can tell us what to do? We're independent. We're free. Uh, we have the backing of certain powerful interests. We have weapons now. ISIS is on the run. Baghdad is weak. So we'll do whatever we want to do. Well, obviously, that might not serve them well. Um, there could be a horrible war that breaks out from an independent Kurdistan. So uh, the the, the situation is is difficult. Uh, Christians who have flooded into Iraqi Kurdistan, uh, many of them are not wanting to stay. They're wanting to move on. Uh, they are definitely considered a minority in Iraqi Kurdistan. Um, I know some Christians who have been in the country for 25 years or more, um, but they still have to have a, a kind of an ID that's a, called a Zanyari. And uh, it basically is like a guest worker pass, so to speak. Uh, and this is for people who own businesses and are successful and are Steamed in the country, and they still have to have a sort of a minority guest worker kind of kind of pass. They, there's no path to citizenship. Uh, these are things that are going to have to be dealt with. These are things that are for the um, the government to deal with internally. But I think the broader picture that we all need to hang on to is that the largest people group in the world is about to have an opportunity to have its own homeland. It's something we should support. It's something we should stand with. It's something that fits with the policies of the current presidential administration. It's something that is in American interests. It's something that is, I think, a symbol of where we want the Middle East to go, moderate, open to the West, democratic, um, pro-American, pro-democracy, religiously tolerant, etc. These are the things we want to see, a religiously tolerant Islam. This is what the Kurds are modeling. And by the way, it's just time. They've been been a good ally to the U.S., it's time for us to be a good ally to them. The problems are huge. Uh, negotiators and diplomats need to work with the two families that rule Iraqi Kurdistan and and help to engage in power sharing and help to bring other uh, political parties online and help to dismantle some of the um, machinery of the aristocracy and the ruling families and the sort of fiefdom that parts of this uh, region have become. But I believe good things are coming. I believe a new nation is about to be born. For those of you in Congress and the Senate who listen to this podcast, uh, I urge you to check in with the relevant committees. I urge you to check in with Senator Corcoran in the, in the, in the Senate, for example, uh, who's very familiar with the Kurdish situation. Let's prepare to back them. Let's educate this presidential administration. Let's hold President Trump to hold his feet to the fire of his own commitments. And let's be prepared to support an independent Kurdistan in the next year. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.